Okay, so welcome Colin um, to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So this is podcast number seven, so the numbers are growing. So for the viewers, could you just briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Colin Fisher. I'm a PGA Pro based at the Great Western Golf. I've um, been a PGA Pro since 1998, I was fully qualified. Um, so yeah, pretty much half a lifetime ago. <laughs> So, uh, before we start, how's your day been? Have you anything exciting on? Just a busy one. We was at my um, day off today, so I was at the gym first thing. Uh, eight o'clock first thing. Might not be first thing for some folks, but it was certainly <laughs> nah, just doing some chores around about the house, really. So, it's been a pretty busy one so far. So, good to, to chill out and sit down very well and chat to yourself. Yeah, good. Uh, no, I really appreciate you coming on today, Colin, especially on your day off as well. Um, so we're going to talk about your fitness journey, where it all began. So we're going to go back to your school years, <laughs> um, okay. primary school um, and then into secondary. So what kind of sport did you play back then? To be honest, pretty much everything. Um, I mean, we, obviously football was the main one. Um, as a kid in the west of Scotland, everyone picks the ball about. So that was, yeah. that was the main sport. But we played everything, really. Me, I had two brothers, uh, an older brother and a younger brother. And so me and my older brother and my mates just play sport all day, every day, really. So um, it was you know, down at school early at Castle Hill Primary, kicking a ball around before the bell went to go in. Lunch break, same thing. Um, and then days off was either playing football or something else. So we even had um, in our bedroom, we had a, a pool table and a dartboard. So <laughs> there was something going on. Um, uh, good. And then we even, even staff stuff like playing bowls. You know, with a, a golf ball as the jack and tennis yeah, balls. Yeah. So just anything to kind of while away time, really. We, we pretty much did everything. Um, yeah. Up at the up at the park, playing cricket as well. You know, yeah. everything was going. So, at what age did you get into golf? I uh, joined the club at ten, and weirdly, I only joined the club. My older brother was was trying to join a club where his pals were, and in those days there was a, a waiting list. So it was a waiting list of the club he wanted to join, but we were literally right across the road from another club, there's the golf club. Yeah. So mum and dad said, well, listen, do you want to join as well? You may as well. And I went, not really into golf, um, funnily enough. And then she went, listen, you may as well join because it's not that expensive and it'll give you something else to do. So I joined at 10, but never really dabbled a little bit, just kind of messed around, but only so much as, as we played every other sport. Um, and then really, probably by the time I got to 14 or 15, I really started getting into it. Uh, but never, because I didn't have, parents didn't play, my older brother stopped yeah. playing by that stage. None of my mates were seriously good. So we didn't really play in a huge amount of tournaments away. So it was mostly just club golf, really, until, until maybe 16, 17. Yeah. And then I played in a, you know, Scottish boys, that sort of thing, a few local events. But still, still nothing really far flung at all. So it was pretty late to the, to the party in that regard. Yeah. Um, but no, are you, are you glad you've you've stuck at golf anyway, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, keeps working. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you were, you know, growing up, so if it wasn't to be golf, would it have been football then? Would it have been your, your thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone, all my pals want to be football players. And I think looking back now, I was seriously fast. Um, but probably didn't have much game awareness, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess. Um, 
tactically probably not much of a clue. Um, and probably mentality-wise, I don't suppose really you knew, you knew how to get into it. I didn't really push myself forward for, yeah. for this or another. So we just played and expected some scout to come and watch and, and kick you off somewhere. But no, it never really never happened. And to be honest, that, you know, probably golf in terms of longevity of career and, and making a sort of lifelong living out of the game, then that was, that was a far better option anyway, to be fair. Yeah. So um, even growing up or, or now, um, who's your role model or inspiration in life? Um, who's pushed you on and, you know, gave you the, that wee push? Um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone really gave me push so much. I mean, there's obviously growing up, we had, you know, in the golf side of things, we had idols, um, so Greg Norman, Magic, Dean Stewart, loved him as well, Teddy. There were so many players that, found inspirational or, or at least inspired me to play keep playing purely from a I don't know maybe it's like sort of creativity, the charisma, uh, the style we played with, the personality. So that that was really what inspired me as a as a young kid. Um, yeah. now I guess I'm more inspired by players or people's or athletes' stories really. So what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. I think as a kid you would watch players and go, yeah, brilliant player, really Love watching this guy, skills and tricks or whatever. Um, but didn't really know anything about the person themselves. Um, and so now, I mean, those guys, we had a high performance symposium at uh, Sterling Uni a while back. And there's a guy that's a keynote speaker guy that did all the, the closing, closing, um, uh, closing, closing seminar. There was a guy called David Smith, MBE. I don't know if you've come across him. Yeah, no, not yet, no. He's an unbelievable guy. Um, you know, his story, if you, you know, go, and, go and look him up and check out his story, but Paralympic athlete he is, um, born with tough feet, and he, he just chatted through his kind of life journey, really, from being desperate to be an Olympic athlete, um, trying to be a track athlete, but he broke his shins in countless places, going around, around the track, so the yeah. stress he's putting on his on his legs from his from his birth defect. Um, so then he thought, well, I can't can't be a track athlete. His goal. Then he went further down the line. He's um, an Olympic, uh, Paralympic medal winner, um, rowing, and he's now cycling as well. So he's also he's also got a rare tumor. So he's had countless opportunities for uh, for his tumor and his spine, spine cord, and just. I mean, really humble, humble guy, but honestly, it wasn't a dry in the house. The guy was just a total inspiration. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, now looking at whether it's athletes or just people in general, the story behind how they get to where they get to is probably more the inspiration than, than what they're actually doing at that given time themselves. Because there are millions of top athletes, but what makes people go through um, adversity, come out the other end and get stronger and stronger and still still makes that pinnacle incredible. Yeah, no, that, that's good. Uh, Colin, Colin, you were breaking up a wee bit there, so if I could ask you just to sit a wee bit closer to you. Um, perfect, some man. But no, I, I did catch most of it um, there. Um, so tell me about a, a normal day for Colin Fisher. Um, your, your fitness routine, you know, if you were working, what would you be going through? Yeah, fitness routine. Um... I mean, I go 
gym three times a week. Um, so I usually go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Monday, first thing I'm in the gym, early doors before I go to work. Um, so I literally do, I don't really do much cardio because I'm running about most of the time, to be fair, yeah. um, all day, every day. Um, and my days off, I'm out, whether it's you know, out walking out on the bike yeah. as well. Um, so I do plenty of physical activity that way, but um, I just do a lot of just general strength work. So legs, arms, chest, back. Yeah, orders that thing. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a major routine as such. But uh, yeah, I mean, three times a week. But um, it's just general stuff. It's not not anything yeah. really specific. Okay. So how would you describe your um, fitness levels now compared? So we would go compare it with pre-COVID to post-COVID. Would you say you're in a better state of uh, fitness now than you were before COVID? Uh, no, probably the same to be honest. I mean, yeah. even you know during the during the, the lockdown, I was still out, probably doing more cardio stuff out and about. Obviously, the gyms were shut. I don't yeah. have any equipment at home, so I was doing press ups, sit ups at home, but out walking, out in the bike, uh, running, that sort of thing. So probably probably similar to be fair. Yeah, and obviously different in in respect of um, what I was doing was more cardio based and, and strength based, but. Yeah, pretty decent. I think probably if I had to go for a long run, which I was never brilliant at, I was always a sprinter and, and high speed stuff as a kid. So if I was to go for a long run, my lungs would be burning, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, right. So a wee bit of light-hearted here. So if, you, if you're going to the gym, what's your your favourite type of jam? What's your music to get you going? Okay, good one. I mean, I actually I don't actually shove the iPod in anymore. Just whatever's on at the gym. But right, it's usually okay. dreadful, to be honest. It's awful. <laughs> so I just kind of zone out and get my thing done. But it's funny, I, I mean, I'm big into music, so the iPod's pretty eclectic, to be honest. You know, everything from sort of rock, pop, indie, cricky, hip-hop, all sorts of stuff on there. Um, but but when I was playing tournaments, I used to have a, a collection of CDs in the, in the car that were going to help me get into my sort of chilled-out performance yeah. state. Um, so there's all the stuff that I had of five or six CDs that we'd kind of listen to and uh, yeah. to from events and stuff. But um, in the gym, I just put spots on, to be honest. I don't Yeah. I don't okay, so, so if you were, uh, say you were travelling to a competition, what what would be the one track that gets you going for, for that competition? Well, weirdly, actually, I, I go quite the opposite. Um, I go super chilled. Right, uh, okay. From, from performance state side of things. Yeah. Um, as a kid, again, I was always 100 miles an hour. Everything was rapid fire, fast as possible. But for, for golf, I found that when I got almost lethargic before tournaments, I performed my best. Okay. So it was all really chilled out stuff, like the Eagles, you know, proper, proper really? stuff. Okay. Stuff like that was, was in the car. Um, Travelling to a tour for practice rounds, it'd be crazy anything from Black Crows, um, red hot chili peppers, all, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, aye. Yeah, millions of millions of different stuff. No, nah, good. And then if you you had a worst type of music, what would that be? Techno stuff is Techno. awful. <laughs> Honestly, it's so bad. <laughs> so with the stuff that's on at the gym. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes just I don't even know. It's a, it's a pretty weird mix that they put on, and depends who the staff members are. They will put on different stuff, but yeah, it's never really my bag. Yeah. To be <laughs> You'll make to put that a wee card in and recommend the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know, when I, when I go to the gym, it's mostly the old retired lot, so they'd be right up, up for that, I'm sure. 
<laughs> okay, so um, if you can, tell me what's your biggest achievement within your fitness journey, your golf life? Um, I guess, I mean, I, I, played, I played in a European Tour event, which was pretty pretty special. Um, I, I got in it through, I finished sixth in the Scottish PGA, which as a top assistant pro at that time, uh, I think all the other guys ahead of me who finished were guys who were either current or, or past European Tour players. So yeah. they were already in the event. So I, I, unbeknown to me, I didn't even know a space was up for grabs. So um, I played in the, the Johnny Walker, the PGA Championship at the Eagles in 2001, which is brilliant. Yeah. That, was, that was certainly the biggest event. I played in a, in a fairly massive learning curve in terms of understanding um, how to how to operate at a level outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, no good. And then, so moving on from there, um, so you've had your biggest achievement there. So what's the biggest compliment you've had within golf? Um, that's a really good one. I I have absolutely no idea. Or, um, or within your fitness journey? Uh, I guess, um, I, I, you know, that's a really good question. I, I, I don't <laughs> know if anyone's ever said you're, you're really good at this or that or the other. I suppose somebody sold me I looked only 40 the other day. That was quite a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no, I can't think of anything totally okay. specific. We, we can come back to that if you want. Well, we'll come back to that at the end. Uh, okay, so what's uh, what's your bad habits that you have um, when you're out golfing or in the gym? Um, in the gym, really no bad habits because I just shove the phone in the, in the locker, don't even bother taking it up there. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of get the head down and get, get wired in because I'd rather not be there having a blather for yeah. hours. Um, when I'm playing golf now... Um, I guess now, really, probably not, not, not necessarily playing as much as I would like. And then when I, when I do play, it's usually squeezed in between other things. So I don't. When I'm playing competitively, I'll do a proper preparation. When I'm mm-hmm. playing just a bounce game with my neighbours or my friends or whatever, then I wouldn't prepare as well as normal. That's that's probably a bad habit, I guess. But when it's competitive, it's always full proper preparation. Yeah, good. And then if I was to say to you. You're training in the gym today, Colin. What's your favourite exercise? Um, crikey, is there such a thing? Um, I certainly there's a couple that I I probably dislike. Okay. Certainly doing stuff the glutes. You know, when you finish doing a kind of leg and glute day, trying to walk down the stairs is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the next day usually is pretty pretty painful. So, you know, in the range, working, teeing the golf ball up for somebody. Yeah. Just uh, have an old man grown almost going on there. <laughs> That's probably the least favourite. Uh, favourite, I don't know if there's a favourite as such. Most of them are all right with, but yeah, certainly. Then yeah. legs and glutes. Yeah. Uh, no, good. Um, and then if I was to ask you three things that relate to your current training. Um, speed. So trying to get a little faster as everyone as everyone does in golf these days. Um, I went to um, I did I was actually doing a, a two-year study before COVID, where the first year I wanted to measure my club head speed. 
and then just do a regime of three times a week at the gym, how much speed would I increase by? And I kind of knew that it wouldn't increase by much, if at all, because I wasn't doing anything specific yeah. to, to generate speed, just general strength work. Um, and when I remeasured the club head speed after a year, and whenever it was in February or something, February 2020, um, my speed was up by 0.4 of a mile an hour. So absolutely nothing. And so the, the reason I wanted to go through the process was to educate my clients that if you, a lot of them want more distance and they think it's only through speed. Yeah. So how, how easy is it to generate more speed? Um, it would have to be specific over a sustained period of time to actually see any, any gains in that one. Um, so the second year was going to be uh, speaking to uh, the boys at Fresh Tea Fitness and say, can you design a program whereby it would be specific to gaining speed and then I would use their program plus the super speed sticks yeah. and train with those every other day and then see then how much that was it was a gain in speed and if it was obviously it was lockdown happened pretty soon after about a month after that so um it, it never really got going so I need to actually do the, the second year but whether I need to do the first year all, all over again I don't know yeah, but yeah. I've, not, I've not actually picked that back up again to be fair no, It'd be good to find that out, you know. Yeah, yeah it'd be fascinating. I think, think it, would, it would educate a lot of people from, a, from a, at least a case study of one. You know, yeah. What happened in my case, it might be different for, for other people, but it'd uh, be interesting. No, no that's, that's good. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that, uh, Colin. Um, so when you're out in the golf course, do you prefer um, going out alone or do you prefer playing as a group? As a group, all day long, um, yeah. I, I, get, I get seriously bored. Unless it's competitive in some way, I get pretty bored. I would rather have a bit of chat, a bit of banter, and some some competitive edge. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I would I, I honestly I think if it was back when I was out and I was out in Thailand for two winters, um, practicing and playing. When I worked at Loch Lomond, it was a seasonal job, so in sort of November time, I'd go out uh, to Thailand and. We'd play every alternate day, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes a Sunday. Yeah. And the other days would be practice days. So most of the boys would go off and hit balls, but I would work really hard on the short game. So maybe two, three, four hours in short game. But the end, last hour, which the other guys would come from the range on the short game area, and we'd, we'd have a massively competitive, competitive time, which is brilliant. So and that was a bit that I enjoyed by far away the most, I think. Yeah. If, um, if it's competitive, I'd stay out and practice a lot longer than if it's just involved. Yeah, yeah. Purpose, you know, it's got to be super competitive for me. Oh, definitely. Uh, I totally agree. Um, it's good to play with a group rather than yourself on the course. So tell me, um, your ideal golf partner? Um, do you know, someone, someone completely different to me, someone who's in a, in a unique field. Um, whether it's um, an elite athlete in a completely different field and just trying to pick their brains about, about as you're doing, you know, the journey yeah. of people, how they get to where they've got to. Um, yeah, someone, someone, someone of an elite, whether it's sports, music, whatever, someone in yeah. an elite. So would you like, so would you say, sorry, Colin, would you say, so obviously you, you know what you're capable of on the, the golf course. 
And there might be a couple of things that you're short on. Would you prefer to have somebody else who's maybe a wee bit stronger in that department to obviously give yourself more of a chance in the competition if you were playing together? Um, yeah, well, as, as, a, as a partner, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really mind who I was playing, to be fair. I think it's always great from, a, from an improvement point of view, always playing with, with better players or the best players you can access to is always going to try and help you grow. But in terms of um, giving a chance to win, I actually weirdly quite enjoy having to making it difficult so it's even more difficult to win. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But um, almost helps mentally if you go right I've got to be absolutely on it today there's no there's no get out clause there's no complacency you've got to be totally on it and and fighting for every single shot that that that's more enjoyable for me weirdly than, than actually having someone who thinks he's my partner will definitely win yeah yeah um so we're, we're nearly at the end Colin don't worry um I know the two of us could probably talk for Scotland all day yeah, yeah totally um so what's your Favourite all-time course that you've played on? Um, I worked at Loch Lomond for two years, and that was just incredible. Uh, I would I would play there every day of my life till whenever that finishes. Right. Quite happily. Um, other courses I love Sunningdale. It was absolutely incredible. Played down there. Um, Wentworth was really good. Fairwood Lakes down um, yeah. south is great. Um, but pro- pro- to be honest. Probably Loch Lomond, which is just absolutely breathtaking. The scenery, the, the course, the condition, everything about the place was just incredible. So I would, they, probably there or Sunningdale Old, they were two yeah. places. And then we'll round off. So what's your opinion on, you know, young student golfers um, going out to America for the scholarship? Would you say to them, go out and try it or stay in Scotland to improve their, their game? Absolutely, I would go. Um, it's a, a brilliant, not just from a golf perspective, from a whole life perspective, you know, being away from home, having to look after themselves, becoming more um, more responsible for themselves. That's yeah. an incredible thing and makes them grow up pretty quickly. Um, I had, funnily enough, I, through one of my, my courses, I had to do a, a study on a player year-long plan and the player I picked was a, a lad I'd worked with for a while who was going out to the States on a scholarship. And one of the big things for me was when he went out on a trip out there to see the college and, and figure out what it was like, asked him to get as many phone numbers or, or emails or social media uh, handles as he possibly could from students who were out there. Yeah. So he already had a kind of a connection and a friendship group before he went out, and that would help that transition. So I think from a from a, a whole life skill perspective and the fact that some of the places out there offer more of a year-round um, practice facility conditions yeah. uh, would be great. Some places are you know, hugely seasonal as we are back here, so it depends where a player goes, but they can't always choose depending where they are in terms of yeah. their, their, their ability and academics. They no. can have, have a choice of only a few places, and if one of them happens to be a a more year-round place, brilliant. And if not, you just have to take what, what's yeah. offered. Aye, so that's just your, your luck, yeah. 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 But no, no, I would say definitely go. Definitely go. It'd be well, well worthwhile experience. I, I've got friends who did that themselves, loved it, and they're still friends lifelong through it. So. Yeah. 
No, fantastic, Colin. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, yeah, great. Today. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so before we round off, have you got any questions for myself? Yeah, I mean, you're you're a pretty busy guy, um, obviously, with all with all your kind of environs and the fires. So what 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 is, what's been your kind of um, your focus really? Obviously, you've got a few things on the go at the moment. What's your what's your most enjoyable one at the moment? So at the moment, um, I think um, doing my podcast has given me a new lease of life. Um, obviously, it's give it's opened my eyes to everybody's on a different pathway. Um, whether you're hill walking, golfing, football, or just going to the gym. And then it's good to listen to different people's stories. Um, so this is starting off as a hobby, but um, hopefully it's going to spring into something else um, down the line. Um, but no, it's definitely opened, gave me a wee bit more passion for fitness. Really? Um, it's just changed my view overall. Um, so before we finish off, Colin, um, could you tell the viewers where we can find you online and where you're based? Yeah, I'm based at Great Western Golf, uh, which is on Great Western Road, uh, near the supply bank from Jackaland. And they can get me through my email address, which is colin at greatwesterngolf.co.uk or on uh, Twitter, Facebook or YouTube channel, which are all Colin Fisher Golf. Um, so you can catch me on any of those platforms. No, that's perfect, Colin. Um, and thank you for your time today. Cheers. Welcome, thanks for inviting me. Great to see you. Thank you.